Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Basically, just titled the sermon, The, the Great Reminder. And just uh, ask yourselves, do you ever need any reminders? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but there's a few things I need reminded on. And one of them is uh, I need an alarm clock in order to wake up. Uh, I would say Brother James is awake at 4 o'clock or um, with his coffee and everything and, and breakfast ready to go. And, and, and I'd say Gary's right there with the chickens as well, up and ready to go. And uh, But me, I'm the guy that has the alarm clock with like five alarms. I have the 530, the 540, the 550, the 6, the 610. I'm the guy that needs those constant reminders uh, to get up and, and get going, and it might be because little Johnny. I'm not 100% sure about that, but praise the Lord, he slept 12 hours last night, so that's real nice. What about other reminders? Maybe the check engine light, you know? If it wasn't for my check engine light, I probably wouldn't realize when I needed to change the oil or anything, you know? For me, it's kind of like when the car starts making noises, and I, and I go and check the dipstick, it's, it's ready to get changed because there's no oil in there. Uh, don't, don't buy a car for me if you, if you need one. My dad, on the other hand, though, he's got, I'm sure my dad already has his oil change ready to go. It's not even, he's got it in the basement ready to change on his own. He knows exactly how many miles it's going to be. Um, when he needs to change it, he writes down every time he changes it. He knows exactly when he last changed his car and, and when he needed it. But some of us need reminders. I don't know about you all, but how many times, it's, already, it's been almost a year since we've had this COVID thing going on, and how many of you get to the door of Walmart and realize you've got to go back to the truck to get, your, to get your face mask? I mean, we've been doing this thing for a year, and we're forgetting our face mask still, right? It's actually, this is how bad I am. I was in Myers there a couple months ago, and I had a big grocery full of everything, a big cart full of you know, probably $200 worth of knickknacks and groceries and this and that and everything. And I get ready to go pay. The girl has it all bagged up, and I don't have my debit card. I'm, like, digging in. And they actually have a really good deal. They'll let you keep it in the cart, and they give you, like, a fake receipt. And then you have to go up, and you can actually pay at the customer service door. So I just had to run out and get it real quick and come back. But, but I need reminders. And I don't know about you guys, but the travesty that 2020 brought into my life, and I know many of your lives, uh, I just needed a reminder that sometimes God loves us. We just need that reminder, you know. Sometimes there's things going on in our lives that we need reminded. And, and that's what today's message is all about. So if you uh, haven't, um, we're going to be uh, looking at John chapter 3, verse 16. And I know many of you probably don't need to turn to that verse, but I just challenge you to open up your Bible and, and turn to that verse while you... Um, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, it will be on the screen, John chapter 3, verse 16. But before we get going, let's pray one more time. Father God, Lord, we're just so thankful, Lord, that you come and you sent Jesus to come and die on that cross for, for our sins, Lord, so that we could have a testimony and a purpose, God, that we could go and, and help others, Lord, that need, that need hurting. But Lord, today, if there would be one person that needs reminded that you love them, we just pray that they would hear that message loud and clear today. We ask that you would be with us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so most of you already have it memorized. And John 3.16 was actually one that I had to, to learn when I actually become a Christian. I didn't have it memorized. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't raised uh, 
memorizing verse scriptures, memory verses. And uh, for me, that was kind of a, a handicap, you know. But John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But I do have a challenge. I don't know if it's up there on the screen. And, and I highlighted the word so, and I'm going to focus on that for a little bit this morning, that God so loved you. And depending on how you read, um, or, or maybe in your Bibles, if you did have it, how many of you ha ever highlighted John 3.16? Did you ever bother to highlight it, or was it just something that was brought to memory, and it's like, oh, I'm going to look over that? If you haven't highlighted it, I would ask that as many times that you can, just underline the word so. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And depending on how you read that verse, we can put some emphasis on the word so, and I think it kind of changes things a little bit. Because most of us say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life, right? But what if we changed it and, and we talked about the word so? We said, God so loved you. God so loved you. God so loved you. So, what if we emphasize so? God so loves you this morning that he doesn't want you to forget that. The Amplified Bible says God so greatly loved you. It's, it's pretty awesome if you take and, and compare and contrast. And I looked at the King James real quick. I don't really use the King James too much, but it, it says God so. But the Amplified Version says God so greatly loves you this morning. And, and that's the reminder. That's the reminder I want to get in. And, and some of us have a lot of things going on. Uh, maybe COVID has left you wondering and feeling isolated at home. Uh, you're stuck, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I work from home, and I stay at home, and I have little Johnny at home, and it's just like, man, I need some interaction. I need to talk to people, you know, and then church closes down for a minute, or, you know, I just walk around Walmart to, to say hi to people. <laughs> but maybe it was someone that loved you, that you loved most in your life, and they turned around and looked at you and said they don't love you no more. You know, maybe there's, there, there's some tough things that, that are going on. We, we heard Amanda's story this morning. Maybe the bills keep piling up and we just don't know how to pay for them. Maybe the doctor's uh, reports left you with a, a cloud of questions, just wondering what's going on. What, what, why, why me, God? We, we kind of heard that testimony already this morning. Maybe we're tore up about politics and about the direction our country's going on and, and things that we can't really do much about. But whatever the case this morning, God wants to remind you that he has a good plan for your life and for your well-being. Not, it's not a plan for disaster. It's not a plan for a pan pandemic, but it's a future and a hope this morning. God has a future and a hope for each and every one of us this morning. Today, I, I know with all my heart that he wants to remind somebody here with all the music and all the testimonies that's already been going in the sermon that, that God loves you this morning. So loves you. He loves you so much that you can't even fathom. You can't even begin to imagine. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like me at all, but sometimes you just don't feel good enough. Sometimes you feel like you're not good enough for God to love you. Why would the creator of the universe want to love old wretched Dan Tremblay? I don't know why. But the Bible... The Bible tells us why. It, it talks all about those things. And, and I love Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8. You can't earn it. 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says, 
Uh, the, the second book of Timothy, chapter 1 through 9, says you don't deserve it. Romans chapter 5 says you're actually helpless, and if you, uh, before you actually came to God, you were actually enemies of God, till at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. You don't, can't earn it, you don't deserve it, you was actually an enemy of God at one time. But God, Brother James always says, he's in the jail, Ezra. Ezra's in the jail, and he tells everyone how bad it's going and, and what sin does in their life. And, and sin separates us so far, but, but God, at the right time, sent Jesus for the ungodly this morning. Today, God so loves you that he gave his one and only son so that you could have eternal life and be with him forever in heaven this morning. Some of us don't even have homes. We don't even have a room to go to. We, we don't even own, own anything on, on this earth. But God has a mansion prepared for you in heaven. And the Bible goes on to say that today is the day of salvation. So, we're going to emphasize that word so this morning, right? So, the question is, can you confidently say, if you were to die today, that your home would be heaven? Can you say that today? Can you confidently say that? The Bible lets us know that we, we can know that we know that we're saved. Today can be that day. And all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord in order to be saved. You know, Amanda, I, I like Celebrate Recovery. I was one of the ones that was here helping get it going, and I had to drift away for a little bit, and, and, and then I came back. And, and you couldn't imagine how awesome Celebrate Recovery is going right now. Um, I think that we've got word that, Matt got word that we was one of the only ones open for a long time across the state because we just kept pushing through. And Celebrate Recovery, there's been 20 and 30 people coming out to Celebrate Recovery in the last, the last few weeks. Just constantly, people just come and they love it. And it's not just for the addict, if you don't know. Celebrate Recovery is for anybody that has a hurt, habit, or a hang-up. I don't know about you, but I have hurts, and you know I have habits, and I have hang-ups that that I need to get rid of. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all do. And I'm actually going to give us a little acid test in a minute if you don't think you, you have a, a habit hang up or a hurt this morning. But if you hang out with Celebrate Recovery too much or, or too long or at all even, uh, you begin to realize that people, they don't want to come to church because they got to clean themselves up first. And we often joke here at Rock House because a lot of people, the first thing they ask is, what do I wear if I'm going to come to church? It's like, wear whatever you're wearing, brother. This is what we do. You know, we, we come with whatever we got to wear. You know, bring it. But they're like, well, I got to clean myself up first, right, before we come to church, before we get saved. I got to clean ourselves up. Well, we got something for that today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says, it's not of yourself because you would boast. You would boast. If, if you could clean yourself up this morning, you would begin to boast. You would eventually begin to say, I pray the most. One of, my, one of my mentors or a guy that I really look up to, he has an altar up on the mountain that he goes up to every morning and prays. He doesn't boast about it. But if that was me and if I could clean myself up and if it was all about me, I'd be boasting that I have an altar on the top of the hill and I pray every morning. I know some people that have been blessed with a lot of wealth and a lot of finances and a lot of money. I can't even really imagine the kind of money that, that goes through their hands and the things that they do with it and everything. But the Bible tells us that some of those people are blessed so that they can give generously, right? And if that's you, then you would boast, I give the most. 
I give the most. I'm the one that gives the most. If it was yourself that could do it, you might say, I do most. I'm over here sweeping, I'm vacuuming, I'm uh, cleaning the toilets, uh, mowing the lawns, clean, cutting the grass off the hill, you know, having a, a D group, three D groups. You do the most. You'd be boasting if that was of you. Or I've went more places. You know, fortunately, I've been blessed to get to go to Brazil, and I really love it if you get to go to Brazil. Uh, I would really highly recommend it. it, it's just an awesome culture, it's so fun. That's the only place I've been though, there's been other brothers, been to Haiti, they've been to Brazil, they've been, you know, to Africa. Or maybe you know more. If it was about you, you could say, well, I got a doctorate in the Bible, right, or I've read it and I've studied it, I have all these Bible memory verses studied up, I know, I know more than anyone is. But I know the most freeing thing that's ever come into my life and the understanding of the Bible is it's by grace through faith that you're saved, not by works. So no man can boast. It actually goes on to say that we should boast about our weaknesses and about our troubles so that Christ's strength can rest on me. If you see anything good in me, that is Christ because, you know, Dan, Dan has a lot of faults. The Bible tells us that we all fall short of the glory of God, and that it's only the blood of Jesus that can make you clean. The blood of Jesus will purify you from all sin. This morning, it will take your crimson stains and wash them white as snow, the Bible tells us. And we was, had some funny discussions yesterday morning, and we were talking about all the things that we get to bring with us to heaven. And one thing that's not coming to me is, uh, you know, something I, I'm pretty ashamed about, and I don't really enjoy it or anything, and you guys probably know, but, and no one probably ever really thinks about it, but some of you that don't know me, I got this big old tattoo on my arm, and I was so happy one day to put it there, and I wanted everybody to see it and everyone to know. But that tattoo ain't coming with me to, to heaven. To me, it's a stain on my arm I can't get rid of. I've studied and looked into it. You know, they, they have technology now that they can go and zap it off there, but then it'll look like a big bad burn on my arm. I could cover it up, and the tattoo guy says you can cover it up, but at the end, you'll still probably be able to see what's there. If I got rid of it, I wonder if I would still share my story. If I'd still share my testimony, like Brother Gary got up here and said, we went through these things so that we can encourage others, whether it be celebrate recovery or at the gas station or at the side of the road. There's only going to be four scars that I can think of or that I know of that's going to be in, the, in heaven when we get there. There are only going to be four scars that I can think of that's going to matter. It's going to be the two in Jesus' hands and the two in his feet that nailed him to that cross to make me clean, to, cl- to cleanse me from my sin. It's nothing that I could do this morning. There's nothing you could do this morning that could earn your way to heaven. This morning, God's standing right there with his arms wide open and just ready for you to come to the altar. I think, was that the song that we were singing? Just come to the altar. Come to the, my grace. I don't, Molly, I wish you could stand up and, and sing it for me for a second. I, I, I'm bad. I'm horrible at, at memorizing those words. But just he's at the altar with his arms wide open. And, and we have illustration in the Bible that if you was actually come, he would run down this aisle to chase you wherever you're at, to just wrap his arms around you, to give you a new robe, to give you his signet ring, to give you a hug and a kiss. And he would turn around and look at the 99, the rest of us that, that believe that we're saved. He would say, fire up the grills.
So, God loves you this morning so much. I, I do want to come through a couple quick points. I hate it when, when we give you the illustration about how to come and get saved and, and that you need it without leaving us with a couple things. So we're going to look at uh, three things I feel like the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. It'll be on the screen. You know, today was the great reminder. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about this? Why not look at the great commandment, right? How can we go wrong with loving God, loving ourselves, and loving others, right? So as it says uh, on the screen, uh, they come to Jesus and ask, Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The first point I want to come to this morning is love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's all about a relationship when it comes to God. He, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the night. He wants to hear from us. That's what prayer is all about, you know. Uh, why should we pray for things that God knows we already need? Because he wants you to come and trust him that he's going to give that to you. He wants you to trust him that you're in his will and that you are focusing on him there's sometimes that i'm in my prayers and i'm praying and god's like whoa that's not in my will that's not my will and it's not until i sit there and pray and think about it that i understand that right so sometimes it's all about the relationship he wants to talk to us and i get a little nervous about guys that say they hear from god the best way to hear from God is open up your Bible and see what the Bible says right there about it. I'm not saying people don't hear from God. But it's all about the relationship. And in any kind of relationship, there, there has to be two-way conversation, right? I've got to talk to Brad if he wants to be my friend. He's got to talk to me. If I'm the only one ever talking to Brad and he's never talking to me, we don't have no relationship, right? But this morning, God so loves you. He sent Jesus to come and die on that cross. And, you know, I don't even have my own son. I do have a son, little Johnny. He's not my own. But, you know, last night as I was rocking him to sleep, I was thinking to myself, would I give little Johnny for Alex's sin? Would I give little Johnny on that cross for Brad's sin? Brad, would you give Brad up for my sins? But God loves you so much that he gave his only son. That's how much he loves you. And he just wants some relationship back. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to follow him. Love what he loves. He wants you to cry out to him. All the Father we heard this morning. He wants you to love him. And in John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commands. He also taught us to teach disciples to obey, right? But today, so many people say they love God, but their actions say everything outside of what the will of God says. You know, I think there's a statistic out there that says like 70% of the country says that they're Christians. Well, I can tell you, according to statistics, 70% of the country is not voting Christian values. That, that, that's, that's plain to see. But let's quickly look at 10 things, 10 actions God would want us to do, okay? The first one is he wants us to have no other gods before him. No other gods. I had a god before him one time. I, it was so, I was so happy I put it on my arm, right? 
He wants us to have no graven images. And I've had guys come up to me and say, what do you think about tattoos, Dan? And I was like, well, I don't know. It says no graven images right there. I mean, we probably shouldn't do that. Um, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor your mother and father. Today, how many people are honoring their mother and father? I think that's... I, I've worked a lot with youth, and I, I can't say there's a lot of youth out there. There's some. But there's not a lot that honor their mother and father. There might be some mother and fathers that aren't really living to be honored. I understand that. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. Don't hear what I'm not saying this morning. Nobody can live by those commands. Those commands show us that we're sinful and that we needed Jesus. We needed something to cleanse us, and that was that blood of Jesus that was poured out on that cross for each and every one of us, okay? But the commands show us whether or not we love God, you know? If you, got, you guys would probably think it was real strange if you knew that I was going out there and uh, doing a bunch of stealing or murdering or committing adultery or, you know, maybe I'm not coming to church anymore. Or You guys would probably think that would be kind of odd, right? And it really doesn't even matter what any of you really think. It matters what God thinks. If you love him, he says that you will follow his commands. You're going to do the things that he would want you to do. Now, we did, we did have a great discussion yesterday. Brother James says, iron sharpens iron. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I need reminding, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't say that. To be honest, when I look at the commands, I'm thinking I'm doing pretty good. I'm like, well, I'm not stealing. I'm not murdering. I'm not lying about anything. I'm coming to church. I'm not getting no more graven images. I, I get feeling prideful, and I'm really excited. And then as we go and we read a little bit more of the Bible, Jesus comes around and says that if you even look at a woman with the lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. That one stings. Or we're driving across the parking lot at, at you know, uh, Food City, and someone pulls out right in front of you and gets that parking spot you've been waiting so patiently for. Or the worst one is at that gas pump. You can't hardly get gas over there at Food City. But does that get, do you get angry? Because the, Jesus come to say, if you even have anger in your heart, that's like murder. So the, the, the more you read, it's the more blessings you're going to get. And there's going to be more understandings. There's going to be more commands. But we just wanted to look at a couple real quick to just ask yourself, it's the acid test, do you love God? Because if you do, then the fruits of it thereof is going to show, right? We're going to be able to go on that tree and see that there's an apple on that tree. We're going to be able to tell if there's an orange. We're going to be able to, you know. When we begin loving God, you know, we talk about celebrate recovery and we come up. And, and when you begin to love God and you begin loving him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And, and I remember when I, was, when I was a new Christian, when I just first came to the altar and I, 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 I got saved and I got baptized. And I remember at that time, I loved sin. I loved it. I wanted more of sin. I couldn't get enough of sin. I, I, I wanted to partake in um, now that I love God and I read those commands and I, I read how bad the hell's going to be and how great the heaven's going to be and that God so loves me that he provided a way for me, 
Sin scares me. When I realize I'm in the wrong, whoa. That, 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 that's a scary place to be, right? Now, I understand that at that time we need, to, we need to fall down and we need to pray and ask Jesus to come into our life. We need to understand that sin separates us from God. Sin robs me of God's blessings. Think about that. If you're living in sin today, we've got Facebook world, we've got people in here, and I, I'm admitting you know, that I, the Bible says if you say that you don't have sin in your life, you're, you're calling yourself a liar. You're a liar, actually. But I wonder what kind of blessings I've, I've missed out on because of the sin that I've lived in in the past or, or even today. Um, think about that. Ask yourselves, what, what could you, if you're living in sin, if you know that you're living outside of God's will, what kind of blessings could you be missing from God's life this morning? Because he's not with you this morning. Sin separates us from God. But he loves you. And if you love him, you're going to walk you're going to fellowship with him, and you're going to walk in the light, and he's, his blood is going to purify you from all sin. He's going to purify you from all sin. So don't, don't think that you're not good enough to get saved this morning because God so loves you this morning, he wants you to come and get saved. But he wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. We had one take a little bit of a spill back there that kind of caught my breath there for half a second. If we love God, we're going to love him with all... All our heart, soul, and mind, right? The second point this morning is we need to love ourselves. You know, some of my favorite actors and some of the people that I really enjoyed growing up watching, they looked like the happiest people. They were the biggest jokesters. You know, they were comedians that you wanted to watch. But come to find out they ended their lives and come to find out they really wasn't the happy person they put on to be, you know? And, and one of the most difficult things I find is that people just can't love themselves. If you don't love God, you can't love anyways. So you got to start there. If you haven't started loving God, you, you can't even understand God's love for you. You can't understand how to love others. You have to love God first, right? But then we got to really look at ourselves and we got to think, do I love myself? One of my pastors used to say, if we loved our neighbors like we loved ourselves, we'd have to go and knock on the door and then punch them out. <laughs> Some of us need to love ourselves. But in order to do that, we need to go ahead and realize that God loves you so much. He counts your tears. He knows your troubles. But he also knows the future this morning. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knew that we would be going through a pandemic. He knew about the divorce. He knew about the drugs. He knew about the alcohol. He knew about the child that was going to die. He knew about your family and your upbringing. He knew all those things that were going to happen. I tell you, he didn't want that to happen. He didn't want us to choose sin. But man chose sin, and that's why those things happen. But there's going to be a day where all that's going to be wiped away. We won't have to worry about that no more. There's not going to be no more... Uh, shedding of tears, there's not be no more crying, no more pain, no more shame in the presence of God when the time comes. We beat ourselves up about the things that we've been through and the things that we do. And, and, and I can reflect over my life and I can think back and I was like, I wish I'd have done this different. I wish I would have did that different. I wish I would have done that different. 
Everybody knows John 3.16. But how many of you know John 3.17? Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn you. He came in the world to save you. So my question is, why are you condemning yourself? Why are you keeping yourself away from the altar? Sin separates us. We're the ones that participate in sin. We're the one that separated from God this morning, if we are. But maybe you're sitting there beating yourself up. Why are you condemning yourself when Jesus isn't even looking at those sins? They're so far from the east is, from the west. No mountain high enough, no ocean floor deep enough can reveal your sins in Jesus' eyes. They're gone. He doesn't even think about it. There's been times I was on the wrong side of the courtroom. I was guilty. You know? I've been blessed to not go to jail, to be honest. I'm blessed to not be dead. But one day, we're going to stand in front of the courtroom, and there's going to be a judge. He's going to remind us that we're guilty, but, Jesus is going to stand up and say, this one is with me. I paid for their sins. That one is going to be set free. He's washed by the blood of Jesus. That one's mine. He loves me. Innocent. Set free. Well done, my good and faithful servant. But if Jesus isn't holding your, your uh, sins against you, why are you holding them against yourself? Maybe there's something you need to stop. Maybe there's something you need to start doing. But I found a couple quick examples in the Bible that we're going to look at. And, and one of them is great, Rahab. Some of you may know Rahab real well. Some of you might not. If you don't know her, a real quick backdrop is Rahab was basically a prostitute. She wasn't just a prostitute, but she was a prostitute and a liar. You know, but she lied for good reasons, but is there a good lie? But she chose the people of God, right? Rahab in Joshua chapter 2 um, hides the, the spies that come in to, to look over and find out a good report about Jericho and what, the, what their defenses were. And, and Rahab, uh, God used the lying prostitute Rahab to help the cause. That's Old Testament. And a lot of people that challenge me, why do we need the Old Testament? Well, the Old Testament points to the New Testament. I don't know how you can get away with that, not looking at the Old Testament. I don't really know. But the Old Testament talks about Rahab, but guess what? Do you know that she's in one of the very first chapters of Matthew, the very first chapter of Matthew, of the New Testament? We hear about Rahab again. And there's a little genealogy of Jesus. That's pretty cool, too. Let's look back at the genealogy of Jesus. I'm not going to get real far into that. I'm going to skip a few names. There was a guy, Nashon, fathered Solomon. Solomon fathered Boaz. Boaz was fathered by Rahab. There's Rahab again, a lying prostitute. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. And if you know the story, Jesus come from the line of David. God used a lying prostitute. Um... Then we got David. I love David. He's one of my favorite characters. I can relate to David more, more than any other character in the Bible. and I, I like David. But David committed adultery. And not only did he commit adultery, he went and murdered the girl's husband. How's that? And really, as a king, he should have been out fighting. So I don't know. Some people might shout me down. I better not say what I was going to say. 
but he should have been out fighting. I was going to say that, you know, maybe we could say that he's a murdering coward adulteress. Old Testament. What's it say about him in the New Testament? A man after God's own heart. In the line of Jesus. Let's look at the New Testament. Paul went around murdering Christians. When Paul got saved, the Christians didn't even want him around. Whoa, keep that guy from us. He's going to kill us. <laughs> but he had to have Barnabas come and warmed everybody up to him. And now Paul ends up being one of the greatest missionaries alive. You need to recognize this morning that God so loved you that he sent Jesus to come and die for you. And he calls you a child of the king. He calls you a child of the king. He loves you this morning so much that you can't even fathom it. So if he loves you, why don't we love ourselves, right? The next and final point this morning is we need to love our neighbors. I'll tell you what. If you're not a part of a Rock House Baptist Church and you live in the Leslie County area, you're really missing out on, 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 on a church that's out there hitting the streets, doing what they can do um, during COVID and, and during this time. You know, This week, if you don't know, there was people that um, needed firewood, had firewood delivered, and not just that. They got a nice little thing. I don't know how many they got. I could just imagine it was a nice platter full of chocolate strawberries. I was sitting at my house, and I was reading that, and I was like, dang, I want some chocolate strawberries. <laughs> I should have went down the road to get some. I should have ordered some, I guess, right? But Rock House does an excellent job at loving their neighbors. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, you've been created for a purpose this morning. God loves you, but he didn't love you so that you could fill the pews on Sunday and maybe, you know, give a little bit in the altar, uh, the offering, or pat somebody on the back or, or, or be a little kind. He saved you this morning so that whoever you're in contact with, your family members, your friends, they could get to hear the good news of the gospel this morning, that God loves them, that he sent his only begotten son to come, that whosoever would believe shall not perish, but have everlasting life this morning. Each and every one of you have a purpose. Some of you have real excellent talents and gifts, and, you know, I, I always get mesmerized about this morning it was the drums. Do -do -do -dum. He kept doing it. It's like, here it goes, a little bit longer. Do -do 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 -dum. That looks so easy. I should be able to do that. But I can't. I tried the maracas one time. They wouldn't let me have them. Kind of the little shaker. I, was like, I can shake the thing, right? Nope. I tried the guitar. Tried all summer long to learn the guitar. I can almost do a Revelation song. Almost. The rhythm. But if I was to get next to, you know, one of the guys that really know how to play, I'm gone. You know, my rhythm is something different. You know, I, I can't do it. You know, some of us are have an ample amount of time that we can sit around and we could just pray for the for the gospel, that people's lives would get turned over to, to hearing the good news of, of the gospel. They would uh, give Jesus their life. Some of you have ample time to do that. Some of you have, have excellent resources of money to give that others could hear. Some of you have strong backs, like Alex up here, that can go and, and bring a box of food. We all have different talents. 
But we all have the same purpose, and that's to go and give the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So who is it in your life, who is it in your family that needs to hear the good news of the gospel? Who, who do you need to start praying for? Who, if it was them today, if they was to die, heaven would not be their home. That's what we're going to be doing next Saturday. We're going to actually gather and be um, working at trying to come up with a strategy to bring the gospel to our neighbors and, and, and out into the community. And we're going to strategize about who, who needs to be saved. And, and there's going to be some people, you know, I, they pay me at work to talk. I'm a talker. I guess that's why they let me get up here this morning. I got to talk six hours a day at work, too. One break in between. Some people are talkers, but not everyone is really confident. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to practice a little bit. We're going to come up with a strategy on Saturday about how to go and love our neighbors, how to give the gospel, um, how to get them baptized, teaching them to obey. And I think the most important thing, the great reminder is, that God's going to be with us to the end of the age. So, this is it. If, if, if there's somebody that's going to play an altar song, they could um, begin making their way up. The question is this morning, do you love him? He loves you so much that there's nothing more he would rather do than to have your presence with him in eternity forever. We've already outlined that he's made a way for you to come. He sent Jesus to come and die on that cross for you. And if today is the first time that you've never um, uh, professed that Christ is a Savior, why don't you go ahead and do that? There'll be some of the deacons. Uh, I myself, I, I can't save you. But I can open up the Bible and show you where Jesus did and what you need to do. It's actually too easy. You can start playing real softly there, and then when you're ready, I'll, I'll be quiet. But somebody else needs to come to the altar this morning, and they need to pray as well. They need to pray for God to help them love themselves. And that's what this time is. This is the time to come over and, and, and be encouraged by the brothers and the sisters of the church. We was laying on hands last week, and that's what it's all about. That's why we have this altar time. If it's the first time that you've never asked Jesus to come in your heart, this is the time for that. If you need to come and ask Jesus to teach you how to love yourself, this is the time that somebody's going to come up and pray with you about that. But maybe there's some people in here, I, I myself fit this category. I know that there's people in my life that if they was to die today, heaven would not be their home. Maybe you need to go and start praying about that. But as you guys would, we'll rise. We'll have the altar call song. And I'll say a quick prayer. Father God, we just ask right now if there's one person out here, Lord, that needs to make you Father, that need to make you Lord of their life, that this would be the time, Lord. We pray that you would give them courage. We pray, Lord, that strongholds would be broke down, chains would be dropped right now, Father, that they could come and give their life over to you. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to love themselves, this would be the time, God, that you would fill them with your spirit. And you would just remind them about how much you love them, Father. Lord, we pray for all those that we know that aren't saved. You give us time, Father, to reach them. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com 
by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church, or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.